Hello, welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and if you hear anime music in the background, I'm not gonna bother to turn it off. I was watching the My Hero Academia Two Heroes movie, and uh, I found there's a conspiracy. I figured out a conspiracy with that freaking movie. Okay, you know Melissa Shield. If you guys watched this movie. Melissa Shield looks nothing like her father, David Shield, okay? She looks a whole lot like her Uncle Mike. I'm just saying. What if he ended up... What if All Might, when he was in America, right? Interning or whatever. Ended up meeting a lady. She had a baby. He found out about the baby. But in order to keep Melissa safe... He passes her off to his best friend. And she kind of grows up as his daughter. And I understand that David Shield is quirkless as well. At least I think. But she looks exactly like All Might. And she's quirkless. Explain it! Explain this to me! Anyway, this is a Rogue News segment. <laughs> if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, as always, links will be down in the description below. Each one with a witty comment saying that the links are doing something interesting. You know, because I have to reapply all of the links down in the description every single time. So I'm just like, you know what? Wait. The links are doing something, they'll come back in a minute. <laughs> anyway, let's jump into the politics. Shall we? Isn't it lovely? I love politics. Y'all, if you guys got bicycles or mopeds or um, a horse, I suggest that you start using them now because the gas prices isn't gonna uh, go down for a very, very long time. So let's go to OAN to listen to some stuff that Biden's been doing that shouldn't be happening. Well, many people are wondering why the Biden administration refuses to use our country's own fossil fuels. One America's Daniel Baldwin spoke with a research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Here's more. Gas prices have skyrocketed to all-time highs, reaching a national average of $4.32 per gallon this week. These prices are painful. They, all of us have felt it. And if you're a family, especially out in California, you're spending more than $2,000 extra per year just to fill up your minivan. While the Biden administration blames Russia's invasion of Ukraine, gas prices rose by $1.14 from Biden's inauguration day to the day Vladimir Putin invaded. 
Research fellow at the Heritage Foundation, Joel Griffiths, says this is a direct result of Biden's policies. The Biden administration from day one has made it very clear to oil and gas producers that they intend on ultimately putting oil and gas producers out of business. And this is deterring investment in new rigs and exploration. Biden administration officials have traveled to Venezuela for talks on potentially allowing the country to sell oil and is considering going to Saudi Arabia in an attempt to convince them to increase oil production. We have seen the United States under the Biden administration and Europe for many years now making it clear that they want to restrict the ability of traditional fossil fuel companies to produce. This is a national security issue as well, not just for us, but really for our allies across the globe. Because if we are handicapping our ability to produce abundant, affordable uh, fuel for us and for the world, that means that more of our allies are going to be reliant on hostile regimes such as Iran and such as Russia for their energy needs. And that does not bode well for our security or the security of the world. Even after the war in Ukraine ends, Griffith says prices won't be coming down anytime soon. So when you see the Biden administration canceling pipelines, making it more difficult for refineries to be built, banning drilling on federal lands, what they're doing right now is ensuring that we're going to have more difficult time obtaining these abundant fuel sources. And that means that even after this Russia situation subsides, even after this war is over, it means that we are going to have a perpetual upward pressure on our prices. Daniel Baldwin, One American News, Washington. Want to see more videos like... Okay, yeah, so... Like I said, you got a horse, start riding it. At least it's free, you know, because you don't have to fuel a horse. Okay, this one's about Zelensky. So... Let's see here. Zelensky is determined Ukrainian forces will triumph over soldiers. In a video statement on Sunday, the Ukrainian president said Russian missiles and aerial bombs hit the country from sunrise to sunset. Despite this, Zelensky said Ukraine will win thanks to how they were able to unite their people and reiterated calls for NATO to uh, execute a no-fly zone. And this is what he said. And I now repeat again, if you do not close our skies, it is only a matter of time before Russian missiles fall on your territory, on the territory of NATO, and the homes of the citizens of NATO countries, he asserted. American journalist Brent Renard was killed today in Kiev, um, in the Kiev region. Kiev? Is it Kiev or Kiev? can't remember. Um, his colleague is injured. It was a deliberate attack by the Russian military. They knew that they were, or they knew what they were doing. But not everyone in the West seems to know what they're doing. This comes after Pentagon officials said uh, implementing a no-fly zone would not have prevented a Russian airstrike. Zelensky also said he hopes uh, daily video conferencing between Moscow and his delegation will uh, arrange a meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Um, let's see. Additionally, the Ukrainian president is planning to virtually uh, address the U.S. Congress on Wednesday morning 
the event will take place at 9 a.m. Eastern Time in the Visitor Center Auditorium and is only open to members of Congress with both houses on a first-come, first-served basis. In a Dear Letter Monday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the Grand Mall Witch, um, and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said, um, Congress is in awe of the resilience of the Ukrainian people. Zelensky's address came after he spoke to parliaments across Europe and followed a Zoom call involving over 300 Congress members. Okay, let's see here. What what's the next one? Okay, Project Veritas questions possible media government collision in January on January sixteenth, the twenty twenty one thing. You know, I okay. Let me stop goofing off. The latest report by Project Veritas. Um, is raising questions about possible collision between the mainstream media and government agencies to discredit Donald Trump and the Republican voters. No! A new investigation by the nonprofit journalism enterprise revealed mainstream media knew that FBI informants were inside the Capitol during the January 6th protest. Um, the latest expose features confessions by Pulitzer Prize-winning New York Times reporter... Uh, Matthew Rosenberg, who has covered the Capitol protest in a, as a matter of uh, on national security. However, Rosenberg now admits that the entire January 6th narrative was greatly exaggerated or even made up. Over the past year, Rosenberg uh, has written stories um, painting the Capitol protest as a premeditated conspiracy by Donald Trump and friends to subvert American democracy. Uh, For example, on February 1st last year, his article claims a lie the former president had been grooming for years overwhelmed the Republican Party and stoked the assault on the Capitol. However, how Rosenberg, or now Rosenberg says, nobody uh, was in danger during the protest, including mainstream media reporters, who went inside the Capitol. Uh, The New York Times reporter also spoke about FBI presence at the January 6th rally, uh, which in the past raised questions by Republican lawmakers, in particular Representative Matt Gaetz um, and Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene have been voiced or have voiced the breach of U.S. Capitol Uh, could be a ploy to distract Republican voters. Meanwhile, Rosenberg appeared to suggest the New York Times editorial stance on the matter is shifting towards downplaying the um, events as if it's no big deal. He went on to suggest slanted January uh, 6 coverage is only part of the greater narrative aimed at attacking and discrediting Donald Trump. Uh, This includes attack on Trump before the 2016 election, 
during this time in office and beyond. Rosenberg's confessions suggest mainstream media is presenting wishful thinking of its writers and factual news, which is not. We all know that, though. Don't we? We all know that except the Democrats, right? Meanwhile, potential uh, efforts by federal agencies to manipulate public opinion by po- may pose greater concern moving forward. Yes, the manipulation of the mainstream media has always been a concern, but somehow it's news now. This is my favorite part. I find news or articles that I find interesting, and I get to read it to y'all. So, let's go, shall we? Okay, this one is interesting. So, it says... 50 but strange true facts about the U.S. The United States is a massive country, and even though it is not quite 250 years old, its 3.8 million square miles um, offers plenty of history. Did you know that the Liberty Bell has a typo on it? I did not know that. Barrels in Kentucky... Wait. Or that... There are more bourbon barrels in Kentucky than humans. I believe that one. <laughs> Check out these little nuggets of information. All right, let's see here. More people live in New York City than uh, in 40 of the 50 states. Okay. Oregon is the fastest speaking state in the U.S. Mississippi is the slowest. Okay. Napa Valley might just be the escape you've been searching for. It looks nice. I've heard nice things about Napa Valley, though. Um, the word Pennsylvania is misspelled on the Liberty Bell. Okay. There is enough water in Lake Superior to cover all of the North and South America in one foot of liquid. Why do you say it as liquid? It's water, sir. When I think of liquid, I think of something, just anything else. Say water, please. It's water. And maybe we can find the Edmund Gerald when we drain the lake. Let's see. Uh, There's a town in Washington with uh, treetop bridges. Ooh. Made specifically for to help squirrels cross the street. That is cute. That's cute. In 1872, Russia sold Alaska to the United States for about two cents per acre. Wow, okay. Um, let's see. You can get a unicorn hunting license from Michigan Lake Superior State University. I knew they existed! Uh, it would take you more than 400 years to spend a night in all of Las Vegas' hotel rooms. I, I don't think I have that much time, though. Um, Western Michigan is home to a giant lavender labyrinth so big you can see it on Google Earth. I would love to go! Are you allowed to pay? 
Probably not. I love lavender. I put that in my house all the time and it calms everybody down. There is an island full of wild monkeys off the coast of South Carolina called Morgan Island and it's not open to humans. There is also a play it's in never mind, it's in Spain. Never mind. The the Gibraltar stone. And it has macaques like that. Anyway. Um there's also Oh no, there's enough concrete in the Hoover Dam to build a two-lane highway from San Francisco to New York City. Why are we not doing this though? I I want this to happen. Arizona and Hawaii are now the only states that don't observe daylight savings time. So they just don't practice daylight savings time? Okay. Let's see. Airlines sell all their unclaimed baggage to a store in Scottsboro, Alabama that resells everything. That's cool. Boston has the worst drivers out of the nation's 200 largest cities. Kansas City has the best drivers. Okay. I didn't expect Boston to be... Okay. Kansas produces enough wheat each year to feed everyone in the world for about two weeks. L yes, let's do that. There's a Darth Vader gargoyle on the National Cathedral in DC. Why, though? <laughs> Oregon's Crater Lake is deep enough to cover six states of the Liberty of Liberty stacked on top of each other. Interesting. One Oh, uh, okay. Of more than 2,500 National Historical Landmarks, only two willfully move. San Francisco's Cable Cars and New Orleans St. Charles Streetcar Line. Interesting. The Empire State Building has its own zip code. I believe it. Uh, President Jimmy Carter had solar, had solar panels installed on the White House, but his successor, President Ronald Reagan, had them removed. Listen! Solar power, though! It's good! Okay. There are more than 70 streets in Atlanta with some variation of the name Peachtree. That's cute. It is their national fruit, isn't it? Like, it's on the their quarter. Let's see, the Los Angeles uh, coroner's office has its own quirky gift shop called Skeletons in the Closet. That's kind of morbid. Like, after someone is mourning, they just go to the gift shop and get a blanket. Okay, no. Um, the Liberty of Con- the, I'm sorry, the Library of Congress contains approximately 838 miles of bookshelves along enough or long enough to stretch from Hudson to Chicago. I want to see that though. Like line all the books up. I, how do you know all of this? How do they how do they know this stuff though? Did you guys just like one day overnight do this and there was no like news coverage of this at all? How do you know this? 
If Texas were its own country, it would have the tenth largest GDP in the world. Can we please do this? Can um can uh Texas be its own country? Because Texas, though Texas is amazing. I want to move there one day. Uh, at forty-six letters, Massachusetts Lake. Oh my god. You are trying to... Oh my god. And I have a trouble talking. But okay, at 46 letters, Massachusetts Lake, Chargogogogmonchhogganogget. <laughs> Why do you do this? This is... Chargogogogmanch... Hogagog Chabonagong Magong. <laughs> Why? That's actually the name of this lake. Has the longest place name in the US. Okay. Okay. In 1922, a man built a house and all its furniture entirely out of a hundred thousand. Uh, newspapers. The structure still stands today in Rockport, Massachusetts. That's cool, though. I mean, recycling. Um, the entire Denver International Airport is twice the size of Manhattan. It's cursed, though, too. I, I'm convinced that it's one of the gates of hell. I mean, the horse actually after it was made, killed the creator. Okay. Um, one sunrise in Maui is so popular you have to pay to see it. Why? You have to pay to look out your... I mean, I'm sure you'd have to go to a certain place to pay for it, but just imagine looking out your window and then someone coming up to you and be like, five bucks, please. <laughs> Okay, 1893, an amendment was proposed to rename the country um, to the United States of Earth. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, a highway in Lan Lancaster, California plays the William Tell Overture as you drive over it, thanks to some well-placed grooves in the road. That's cool. Okay. You can visit the future birthplace of Star Trek's Captain Kirk Riverside, Iowa. Y'all are obsessed with that guy. Anyway, the total length of Idaho's rivers could stretch across the United States about 40 times. The town of Cen Centralia, Transyl Transylvania, okay, no, Pennsylvania has been on fire for about 55 years. Why don't, why are we, why are we not putting it out? I mean, imagine the asthma that people have been suffering from because y'all are negligent. Utah is the happiest state in the U.S., followed by Minnesota, Alabama, West Virginia, uh, ranks as the unhappiest states. Wait, Alabama? Wow. <coughs> Utah and Minnesota are the happiest states. 
Alabama and West Virginia rank as the unhappiest state. Oh, okay. What does that make? Ohio? <laughs> probably in the middle. The laziest state, probably. Uh, one, the one woman town of Manawi, Nebraska is the only officially incorporated municipality with a population of one. The sole 80-year-old resident is the city's mayor, librarian, and bartender. Th hey! Listen, she's an independent woman. I like that. The entire town of Whittier, Alaska lives under one roof. Oh, okay. So it's, it's kind of like the previous one, but everybody lives in one place. The number of bourbon barrels in Kentucky outnumbers the state's population by more than two million. Everybody's gonna get drunk. Everybody's getting drunk. Hang on, my husband texted me. Okay. Okay, let's go back. Columbus, Ohio is home to an eight-foot, nearly naked statue of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Care to explain, though, why we literally have Schwarzenegger erotica cast in iron? Can we, can we get an explanation? Uh, let's see. Montana's Glacier National Park has a canine bark ranger that helps herd wildlife away from high traffic areas. That's so cute. Many states have official state foods, but only Oklahoma has uh, an official state meal. Squash, cornbread, fried okra, barbecued pork, grits, biscuits, sausage, gravy, corn, strawberries, chicken fried steak, black-eyed peas, and peas and pecan pie. Wow. Diabetes. <laughs> you can... Watch more than a hundred ponies swim to uh, Chincontigue Island uh, every year in Virginia. That reminds me of a song that Alexander Rybik started like singing. And it's all about the horses dying in the sea. What are you guys doing? Get the animals in get them out of the water I'm sure they don't like this maybe they do I don't know I mean do horses enjoy swimming but listen that's not the point give them a nice warm field to run around in people are weird I my husband texted me again okay honey okay this is the time of day where I get distracted. Can you tell? Okay. Let's see. Uh, in 1943, the temperature of Spearfish, South Dakota jumped from 49 degrees in two minutes. Or jumped 49 degrees in two minutes. Okay. Uh, one of the most drastic changes in record. Who do you work for? Who do you work for? South Dakota. Uh, the world's tiniest park in Portland, naturally measuring a mere two feet wide. Why? 
I want to know why, though. Who did this? Who did this? Listen, somebody needs to destroy this headstone. And I do, I mean disrespect, okay? I don't mess with witchcraft. This thing needs to be destroyed so nobody can talk to this dude. The inventor of the Ouija board lived and died in Baltimore and his tombstone stands as a reflection of his achievement. Though I would not say that that is your achievement. That is probably the reason why you've died because you've just decided to invite all these evil spirits in your house. They tormented you to the point that you have died. I don't know how you died, sir, but somehow it is spiritual. You literally invited demons into people's houses. That is not an achievement. The biggest signature in human history belongs to Texas former Jimmy Luenke. Uh, the two-mile landmark can be seen from space. He just wants to be remembered. <laughs> <laughs> South Florida is the only place in the world where alligators and crocodiles coexist in the wild. Yeah. Let's see. Where are... Oh, no. There are around 5,000 commercial airplanes flying over the United States at any given time. That's a lot of people. That That's a lot of people in those. Uh, any... Oh, no. Only one-third of... All $100 bills are actually inside the United States. Because everybody's up in those uh, 5,000 commercial airplanes with, with the $100 in, in their wallets trying to, <laughs> trying to, you know, spend it overseas. But then they realize every other country has their own currency. Makes no sense. In Colma, California, the dead outnumber the living by nearly a thousand to one. I wouldn't want to be there during a zombie apocalypse. Um, the smallest country in the U.S., Kalawau County, um, in on the Hawaiian island of Molokai, is also a leprosy colony where a few former patients still live. Oh my god. I'm not even going to make a joke about that. That's sad. Is that all of it? I think that's all of it. I'm done. Okay, let's do this. You guys like nature, right? So 50 mildly interesting things spotted in nature that are actually surprising. Number one, rare desert bloom in the oh god well, no, no, I'm not talking to you babe alright these are the celebrity stories that are actually pretty nice the 30 stories there's 30 of them so here we go Number one, I served Daniel Radcliffe his dessert at an event and tripped and spilled some of it on him, probably due to seeing, <laughs> it, 
to seeing that I was serving Daniel Radcliffe, and he stood up and started apologizing profusely to me. Uh, he was very sweet and asked if I was okay. Really? Aww. I want thoughts about him. He well, like the next one's cool. about Obama. <laughs> I've met Obama a few times. The charisma is insane, and he makes a point to converse with everyone. He remembered me the third time, which was dope. What an incredible human. Mm hmm Sure. Jerk. Number three. I got to meet St. Bernard... The St. Bernard dog played that played Beethoven in the movies with Charles Gordon. His name is Duke. He was a good boy. <laughs> the Beethoven dog. Number four. Patrick Stewart, an absolute delight, waited on him several times, literally went up to the line at the open kitchen and said thank you to the cooks and thanked each staff member in a glorious fashion on his way out. Everyone's jaw dropped, made our day each time. Aww. Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith is just a good human being all around. Worked a private event for him a couple years back. He made sure to thank each and every employee when he arrived and before he left. He had the best manners and was such a jo in such a jovial mood joking around with the staff. Great guy. Robin Williams. Oh, my mom spotted Robin Williams once. And she went up to him and asked if uh, she could get a quick photo. She didn't realize he was there in the middle or about to do something uh, with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So she waited until they were done around 20 to 30 minutes later. And then a bunch of kids and a couple wanted photos with him. He made it a point to stick around and told his staff, I think that woman wanted a photo and made sure he got it. Mom was thrilled and he was such wow. a humble, nice dude. Wow. That's so sweet. I love Robin Williams. Yes. Nathan Fillion. Right. Let's see here. Nathan Fillion when I was working at a movie theater. Guy bought six large popcorns <laughs> and a bunch of smart waters, and then I thought, man, this guy is loaded. He was wearing a hoodie and glasses, so I couldn't quite tell at first. I eventually said, hey, you kind of look like this guy Nathan Fillion. And he took off his glasses and said, I, I sure hope so. I stood at attention and said, Captain? <laughs> from, Cap from Firefly. Okay, he replied, as you were, brown coat. Coolest moment ever. <laughs> Aww. Oh, I know this guy. I just never... Jeff Goldblum. Um, I don't think anyone would be surprised that Jeff Goldblum is nice. It can... But I can attest to it. I was an extra in a movie with him, and he arrived on the scene. Some nasty fil cr film crew woman was screaming at us not to bother him or ask for his autograph, which none of us had done. He must have heard her because he turned right around and came over to talk to us. Jim Carrey. Met Jim Carrey when I was like 11 at a party my parents attended. 
Uh, I couldn't stop staring at him. He was behaving so normal. Um, and then when he noticed me staring, he did a mask facial expression and started staring at me. <laughs> He's a genuinely funny guy and probably has the purest of heart. I think so too. Number 10. Ian McCle- McKellen? Is that his name? Ian. That sounds familiar. Who is that? The- Gus the theater cat? <laughs> Isn't he Gandalf too? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian McKellen sat down on some empty theater steps with me and engaged in a whole conversation. It was awesome and I will never forget it. He's a good dude. Oh my god. Steve Irwin! Hands down, I've met a few musicians and athletes who have been nice, but none were as nice as Steve. I met him in an elevator at a hotel and I walked and I walked in soaking wet after swimming in the pool. I was only 11 and I was in awe that I was in the elevator with Steve Irwin. Uh, straight away he starts a conversation with me, asks me what my name is, where I'm from and I'm there and if I'm there I'm sorry and if there were any crocs in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and if I see any in the hotel to come find him. Aww. He then starts talking to the hotel worker who was in the elevator with us and start and start and staring at Steve the whole time. And the interaction with him still makes me ridiculously happy whenever I think about it. Aww. Number 12. <sighs> Kiefer Self. Kiefer Sutherland? Um, I was an amazing coincidence running into him. He's, uh, he's the one who plays Jack Bauer in 24. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm recording. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know. <sighs> Ran into him, and we had plans to go see him at the concert the coming Saturday night. Tickets were free, but you had to stand in line to get them. Um, My son was bartending. I came in to see my son, and he said, Hey, Dad, I got someone I want you to meet. So when I met him, the first thing thing out of my mouth was, Oh my goodness, we loved you in Lost Boys in 24 and so much. And I believe, and believe it or not, my wife and I are coming to see you and your band on Saturday. He had a band? He looks like you. Oh my god. He lost it. He was like, most people don't have a clue about my music. I can't believe you guys are coming. That's so awesome. Yeah, he was thrilled. So I called so I called my wife. Then she swung by the bar too to meet Kiefer. Long story short, he left really great seats for us at the will call. Then during the concert, he called out for my wife and uh, me to stand up. And then he dedicated a love song to us. That's so cute. He seemed like he a good dude, though. Yeah. Even when I be watching him, he, he seemed like he had that, like, he was real cool. Yeah. Let's see. Paul Rudd? Oh, On a flight from New York. He looks familiar, but, um... 
sat next to him on the plane, my buddy leaned over and told me that he wanted to compliment him on his band shirt he wore when he was making Clueless. Oh, he was uh, the dude from Clueless. You've never seen Clueless? No. Yes, you have. You watched it with me. Okay. <laughs> okay, but he didn't want to want it to be weird, so his solution was to write him a note and slip it to him, lol. So he does this, and Paul just gets this nervous look on his face, opens the note and reads it, starts cracking up laughing, leaned over to us and said, best note ever. <laughs> he then told us the whole story of the shirt, um, how he fought with the costume department about it because it was the shirt he wore to set that day. Um, we talked the whole flight. Dude was super cool. <gasps> You're gonna like this one. Hugh Jackman. Oh, wow. Of course, Hugh Jackman's amazing. He's just a beautiful person. Um, a friend of mine went to the premiere of X-Men Origins Wolverine and they camped out by the theater. He said he woke up and he was told that Hugh Jackman had bought everyone who camped breakfast. Oh, wow. What an amazing guy. <clears throat> I love you, Jack. Or Hugh Jackman. What the? <laughs> I got his name wrong. Hugh Jackman. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, it was a little breakfast sandwich and an orange juice. I believe he also said there was at least a hundred people there. Wow. Number 15. So you remember that um, old um, Glenn Close movie with the 101 Dalmatians? Yeah. This guy was one of the henchmen. Um, Hugh Laurie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in person, I... Is he the one to do house? Yeah. 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 I can confidently state that he is one of the nicest and most humble celebrities out there. Not only... Is he completely happy to interact with his fans, but he also does so in a way that makes each and every one of them feel like they're a friend. He remembers names and personal details with amazing accuracy, and he makes each conversation seem like it's an extension of a treasured and ongoing dialogue. And to that, the fact that the man is outwardly hilarious and you've got a recipe for a genuinely great guy. I don't agree with this one. This dude's a pedophile. Tom Hanks. <laughs> I worked at Disneyland in the late 90s and saw you him. Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, of you course. Old man. Dirty old man. <laughs> and I well saw. Said. <laughs> well said. I'm sorry I touched you. Come back. <laughs> Wilson, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I, I worked in Disneyland in the 90s and saw him giving a tour to a group of 25 kids. Kids. <laughs> he was leading the tour and the Disney tour guide was just tagging along. <laughs> so I could tell he's done this many times before. Okay, no, I don't like this one either. You best friends with uh, that one lady that plays with congealed blood. What's her name? Abromovic? Lady Gaga. 
My dad met Lady Gaga at a restaurant in New York City and said that she was one of the most genuinely sweet human beings he has ever met in his entire life. He called her enchanting. Well, of course. <laughs> and, uh... Probably... She probably has that witch enchantment. <laughs> and then... And actually became a fan of hers after that. Gordon Ramsay, of all people. <laughs> a lot of people mention Gordon Ramsay being lovely. Uh, my god sister can confirm. She worked at a hotel, restaurant in Cornwall, and Ramsay vacations at there regularly. Uh, she was so nervous the split, or that she split something, no, that she spilt something, sorry. But uh, he just gave her a really fatherly warm smile and went, no, it's okay, my darling. Aww! And continued on with his conversation. Uh, when I was a kid, my family took a trip to London and we were shopping in Harrods. Being the kid I was, I was running around while my parents shopped. I ran up to this man, looked up at him and said, You look really familiar. Have we met? <laughs> and he flashes a smile and says, No, but I get that a lot. And then he walks off. My dad came right over and went... Do you realize that was Mr. Bean you just spoke to, right? Mr. Bean? Oh, there was two different ones there. Mr. Bean is a different actor. Unless Gordon Ramsay decided to do a remake of Mr. Bean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I agree. A hundred times over, Jason Momoa is amazing. Jason Momoa, he's an absolute treasure to be around. He's genuine and loves his job. He wants his fans to have as much fun um, as he's having. So he can size up a fan and know how far to push, tease, and to make them comfortable with, without making them, you know, weirded out, I guess. Anyway, well, not going too far. Uh, his personality is infectious and I had a blast with him. He looks like a fun person. I agree to number 28. He's my... I love you. Tom Hiddleston told me my dog was awesome. <laughs> so that was the highlight of my life. <laughs> oh, God. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I just can't stand him in movies. No offense. <laughs> my mom is... No, I can't. <laughs> my mom and sister met The Rock and he was when he was still a wrestler they had a couple car seats and, and tons of bags having a hell of a time getting off the plane and people were waiting and then this massive guy offered to carry some things for them and they happily took the help he grabbed some bags and held the baby carrier with my niece in it and helped them off the plane and left after people kept going up to them asking how they knew The Rock, and they were very confused until someone explained who he was. <laughs> oh wow. Number 22. Back when they were filming Lord of the Rings, Elijah Woods, Sean Astin, Billy Boyd, and Dominic Monaghan came into my mom's video store and went to rent all of the Peter Jackson's movies. <laughs> they were 
so excited to have a movie marathon. I thought it was super cute. They're such nerds. They're so cute. Anne Hathaway. I, I, I can see it, though. She's a sweet person. Um, we were backstage waiting for her... No, we were backstage waiting for her cue to go on and started chatting. Uh, she told me how she was such a klutz, klutz, and she joked about it. <laughs> I'm a klutz with words, so you know. Uh, then when she was called on stage, she tripped hard going up the oh, stairs wow. and face planted. Oh, honey. <laughs> Then turned around to me and we both started laughing. Um, she's a sweetheart and I gen and genuinely nice person. I am glad I got to meet her. Isn't Anne Hathaway? She's the one that did Truth's Diary. Yeah, and she did uh, Fontaine in Les Miserables. Yeah. Yep. Not me, but my dad's story. My dad interviewed Mr. Rogers and Mr. Rogers was very nice. Oh but the highlight of the interview was Mr. Rogers saying he was proud of my dad. Great guy. Aww. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> we were on the same flight. Super personable, witty. I didn't realize it was him at first. 26. I met Leonard Nimoy. Who's he? He's the original Spock on the old Star Trek. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. He was giving a talk at a place where I work, and we all knew he was coming, so we sat at a table outside the near entrance so we could see when he arrived. His security people led him from the car to the building, and we said hello as he passed. They took him inside to a private green room to relax before he went on. To our surprise, after... The handlers dropped him off at the green room. He came back outside, sat down with us, and just hung out. Uh, he talked about food and cool places to see nearby. He just chatted like he was one of the crew. Class act guy. One of the n neatest celebrity encounters I've had. This looks like Weird Al. Yeah, it is this Weird Al. I work in the film industry. Well, Weird Al is insanely freaking nice. Who the hell is that? He's a musician. Like, he makes parodies of, like, all the famous songs. Um, let's see. Like, you ask him for a photo and he'll make a 10-second video for your dad. Nice. Tom Felton. Draco Malfoy in Harry Potter. Oh, wow. Okay. He was very sweet. Met him at Comic-Con one year. He told me I had a beautiful smile. Aww. Aww. Dolly Parton. <laughs> Is without a doubt one of the most polite, friendly, and welcoming human beings I have ever met. I was catering backstage at one of her concerts. My job was to prepare the buffet for the backstage guests and basically be invisible. She entered the room and greeted everybody like they were family. Uh, let's see. Then she saw me and my coworker and said, Aw, come on over here. We're all family here. She made herself an equal to everybody in the room. Daryl Hall was a cool guy. 
gave us all autographed t-shirts. John Oates, not so much. Their crew led us backstage um, to watch the show from the wings. Uh, Melissa Etheridge was awesome. Super friendly to the backstage crew. So there's just like a bunch of different ones wrapped into one. Uh, yeah, Stanley. Stanley. He's the last one. I have also met Stanley twice, actually, two different Comic Con years. At the first, I got my picture taken with him, and there, and were instructed not to touch or talk to him. When I walked in, probably 15 years old at the time, he sweetly smiled and said hi. The second time, I got that picture autographed, and he was kind to both me and my father. So great to meet a legend like him. Rest in peace, Dan. Aww. Yeah, I agree with most of those. Let's take a break so y'all can listen to my new ad. Okay, this next one is, now more than ever, you need to put down your phone. So, this comes from lifehacker.com. It almost, it's almost quaint to think of what the internet was like um, back in 2008. The first time Lifehacker recommended making it a practice to unplug from computers and smartphones the one night a week, every week. Um, back then, Twitter and Facebook were in their in infancies, and MySpace ruled the social media sphere, um, which was far friendlier and at least it less was. insidious. It yeah. was. It really was. I remember, like, the codes that you could get just to make your um, MySpace all personalized and cute and stuff. I liked that. Um, far fewer of us owned smartphones let alone use social media apps designed to turn us into digital addicts. The president um, didn't primarily communicate with the American public through rage tweets. Shut up about Donald Trump. He did his best. Leave him alone. In 2020, social media, politics, and the pandemic all have conspired to make us even more reliant on our devices to... Um, the detriment of our own mental health. A study by the Pennsylvania State of University um, and Jinyan uh, University in Guangzhou, China, directly links the use of social media and increased with increased anxiety since the start of the coronavirus crisis. Now, perhaps more than ever, it is time to put down our phones. Let's see. So agreed, um, Guy Raz, the NPR contributor, podcaster, and author of um, the new book, How I Built This, when he talked with his life hacker earlier um, this month, he 
points to uh, his weekly digital detox day as one of the only things keeping him from during this cursed year, okay? So he takes just one day off a week to not be on his phone. That mm. sounds like a good idea, though. I think we suggested that to each other at one yeah. point. My life hack is I do not use any electronic devices one day a week. We chose Saturday because it really feels like the weekend day. And Sunday uh, is the day when people start to kind of ask questions about things that are going to happen on Monday. So on Friday night, my wife and I take our devices, we take our children's devices, and we lock them up. And we spend Saturday like a family now, in the 1990s be or 80s. Now, that'd be nice if we have kids. Yeah. Um, a time before screens and we um, we are bored sometimes, but we play board games and we go See, for like hikes. That. That's, that's one thing when you have kids is different. Yeah. And we sit around, we talk, our kids complain about being bored. And it's great because kids don't get the opportunity to be bored anymore. Um, so right. that is something that we can, um, <clears throat> that we've been doing for about a year and it has vastly dramat dramatically improved my life. That's really cool. This is something I've known I should, uh, be doing for a long time, but especially this year, especially this past week during which the FBI's thwarting of an attempt coup on the domestic terrorists coup by domestic terrorists was only like the fourth most bizarre thing that happened uh, it has become increasingly apparent that this that it is vital I do so the news cycle will continue to spin uh, on whether I'm refreshing Twitter or not I need to at least one day uh, of blessed silence even if it goes trigger withdrawal symptoms I'll reiterate that this is an idea that isn't new. Uh, we've also written before about the National Day of Unplugging, organized by the people behind the Sabbath Manifesto, which encourages people to shun technology one day a week, to read a book, go outside, um, look inwards and connect with friends and family while following Guy Raz's example and disconnecting from all technology is probably our best bet. I think this year you'd be doing well if you can just pull yourself away from the tumult of bad news by shutting down or uh, your social media feeds even if you do so by sinking into a video game watching a movie. Might I suggest something old and in black and white? <laughs> we got plenty of black and white movies. <laughs> or uh Bringing home uh, comfort TV, Cobra Kai, Netflix, all of that stuff. Okay. Oh, and that's it. That's the whole thing. The thing Why is... Why you mention Cobra Kai? Because <laughs> they suggested it as, like, instead of being on your phone, watch Netflix. But that's the same thing to me. Why did you mention Cobra Kai? I don't yeah. understand either. They just mentioned Cobra Kai. <laughs> but listen, isn't it the same thing as, like... 
being on a, you're on a screen whether or not you're on your phone, your iPad, or the TV. So well, I don't see in your phone you do this. Well, yeah, you scroll. When I play that, you're 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 thinking. Hmm. You're using your mind. It's, 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 Are you sure? <laughs> trust me, I know. <laughs> When I when I play that, the reason I do it is because not only does it get my hands use my hands working, mm-hmm. it helps my mind. You know, every time I play that game, when I play football, I have to know what the other team is doing. Okay, well, yeah, it has been so, said that like so video that, games so helps, do kind so that, of help logic. So that helps me, and when I play it, I feel like like <laughs> I'm that team. So it gets it, it, it takes me to a place of like. I don't know. It, it takes me out of my own problems and issues, and like, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like a, like yeah, a yeah, yeah. Solve or something like that. Okay. That's why when I lose, I get pissed. So. Well, yeah. I'm a rage <laughs> you, player and you, and you, too. And you, and you see me throwing stuff. Yeah, you see me upset when I played Sly Cooper that one time. You haven't played that in a while. I can't find it. I think uh, it got lost in the move. It did. I we how how much was that when we got it at GameStop? Dang. Cause it was the whole collection. I'm so mad. <laughs> okay, next up is world news in uh Norway. Hello, honey. I miss you. I miss covering news for you because you're like the one country that's been listening from the beginning. Uh huh. Stop it. Yayelska <laughs> day. Okay, I hope I'm saying that right. In Norwegian. Yes, I think I am. Anyway, three people arrested in police operation against a criminal network operating in Oslo and Rogaland. On Tuesday, police carried out an operation against a criminal network in the transport industry. Will you stop it? In the Oslo area and and Sandnes municipality in Rogaland. Um... Let's see. A total of 40 police and tax officials participated in the coordinated operation carried out at six different uh, addresses. Wow. Three people were arrested and the person is still wanted in the case. Police attorney Andreas Mig Benson um, stated. According to the police, those involved are charged with gross tax evasion and gross money laundering. Um, police are investigating a the detainees as part of an organized criminal group, which indicates an increased sentence for up to 12 years in prison. The tax authorities have made a very important effort in the case so far and will contribute further in the investigation. This is a good example of what the collaboration between different agencies can accomplish, Meek Benson noted. And I think that's the whole article. That was really small. You guys just get straight into the point, don't you? 
Okay, alright. Next is Canada. Hello. Hello. How are you? Alright. Multiple refugee crisis um, across the globe put pressure on Canada's immigration system. So, the war on Ukraine forced Lenny or Lena Boretz and their seven-year-old son, uh, Timur, Timur? Um, to flee their home, city of uh, Dinpiro. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Um, on a commuter train earlier this month, when it skirted too close to the Russian forces, she and other passengers uh, were told not to use the- their cell phones, and all the lights were turned off to avoid detection. I told him that it was time to sleep, she recalled in an interview from an apartment um, unit in Roklau, Poland, where they were currently sheltered by a Polish family. He believed me and it was dark outside. Let's see, Boretz uh, has not explained anything about the war and or to her son, Instead, pretending they were on vacation. I didn't want... Alright. I didn't want him to pass through that trauma. Um, let's see. She said, Though she is sure she uh, must have questions about why his father, <coughs> who stayed behind in case he was called to fight, has not come along. The pair applied for the tourist visa to come to Canada with the assistance of her husband's aunt, who lives in Vancouver, and helped the important papers like birth certificates translated and certified with their documents all submitted. Um, They're now anxiously awaiting response, which can take up to 36 days. Um, But there is a new process which was introduced by Immigration, Refugees, and Citizenship Canada on Tuesday um, that would potentially allow Ukrainians to be in Canada in as little as two weeks. The Emergency Immigration Program would let Ukrainian refugees stay here for up to three years and apply for open working permits. It's actually a very exciting response. Uh, that Canada is looking to offer visas, uh, short-term visas, to Ukrainians, said Janet Dench, an executive director of the Canadian Council for Refugees. Um, But her organization is hoping some of these measures created by the Canadian government to help Ukrainian refugees could also be applied to the myriad other crises around the world. Dench says that it would be good for the government to have a framework in with objective criteria for all refugees instead of being responsive based on a criteria which uh, as what gets most media coverage or who has the best political connections uh, in Ottawa to get the government to respond. Okay, this next one is from Australia. So, 
Perth teen jailed uh, over a coward's punch of soccer uh, player Danny Hodge Hodgson. Okay. Let's see. A split-second act of violence shattered Danny Hodgson's life. The soccer player was punched to the ground by a teenager in Western Australia in September last year. Mr. Hodgson's um, was on the way home from his end-of-season celebrations when he crossed paths with the 16-year-old near Perth train station. Um... When the soccer player went to this shake went to shake hands, the stranger had other intentions. The sixteen the sixteen year old clenched his fist in preparation when he delivered the punch. He ran away while his victim bled on the ground. I was shocked about how Danny hit the ground and how somebody just ran away and left him, his mother Nicola Hodgson said. The attack left the... Oh. You're fine. You need to turn down that that PS3. (laughs) The attack left the 26-year-old with a catastrophic brain injury. Jesus Christ! Uh Uh-uh. His parents rushed from the other side of the world to be with him and haven't left his side. His family was in court today to see his attacker learn his punishment. He should have been he shouldn't have been on the streets. He had so many cases against him that he shouldn't have been walking, constantly committing crimes, Dad Peter Hodgson said. Yes, I was trying to play rage. <laughs> the teenager was on bail for twenty-three charges when he attacked Mr. Hodgins. Um Let's see. The judge said he had gone off the rails since moving to Perth, and he went from a child who'd he never been in trouble to seven months of mayhem. This included loitering in the city, stealing alcohol, repeatedly uh, breaching bail and curfew, and attacking strangers for no reason. Prosecutors said uh, what happened to Danny Hodgen. Hodgson uh, was as bad as it gets without dying. Wow. They called on the judge to impose the maximum penalty of 10 years in jail. However, Danny's parents said the boy, like their son, had been let down by the system. We've got to remember this guy was a teenager, Miss Hodgson said. Um, Let's see. We're just hoping that rehabilitation is and he'll come out a better person. The teen was sentenced to three and a half years. Mr. Hodgson, uh, his sentence has been described as an ongoing and he continues a slow and painful road to recovery. We would be happy with any amount of time you know, but we've just got to try and move on from it and get Danny back on track, his girlfriend Jessica Pollock said. That's crazy. Is there a reason? Like, is there any, like, real specific reason why this kid did this? Because it kind of sounds like that one fad called the knockout game where you just go ahead and film while you punch somebody as hard as you can in the face. 
just somebody, some random person walking down the street. You just punch them, and there have been counts of like people dying from that, and now a, a brain injury. Like that's terrible. Anyway, that is it for Rogue News or Renegade Times, whatever you want to call it right now. I will see you guys in the trenches next time. Goodbye.